Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of At The Buzzer. My name is Max Crater, and with me, as always, I have Lumen Jelazarov. Um, Ryan Uffner, unfortunately, wasn't able to make it. He's been a little under the weather and feeling sick. He's been throwing up all the time, and he's just essentially dying. So Feel better, Ryan. Yeah, Ryan. Man up. Yeah, Ryan, we'll miss you. But yeah, like Lumen said, uh, please man up and be here for the next episode. Yes, sir. So... We can pretty much go right into it. There was a lot that happened, um, especially over this past weekend. The NBA and Adam Silver have been having some discussions on some proposals and changes to the format of the regular season and a little bit of the postseason. I don't know if you heard about it, Lubin. I do. I yeah, know. So, so for those that um, that didn't hear, it's essentially there's four things. There's a midseason tournament. Uh, there's playoff play-in games, reseeding the conference finals, and changing it from an 82 to a 78-game season. Let's go ahead and start talking about, we can start off with the midseason tournament. Uh, I'm a fan of the midseason tournament. Now, right. I saw that James Harden and P.J. Tucker just came out and said that they don't like it, and I see that a lot of NBA fans find that as a foreign concept. But uh, I like soccer a lot. Uh, I watch a lot of soccer, European soccer, and a lot of those leagues have their main league. But they also have a bunch of side trophy tournaments. And what's fun about those is a lot of like the lower teams end up winning. And it's good experience for the players. It's good money. Uh, it's just more TV, more basketball. And I think it'd be really fun if there was like a March Madness type tournament where it's just like a one knockout. I agree. Um, and then you have like some final where uh, it could be something like the Suns play the Clippers and it's like a tense game. Now, I don't know what the reward would be. I don't know what would be I don't be think the they came out with that yet. I think they're still... I think that is still pending on what the prize is for winning it and the incentive for winning that. I saw like a fan theory would be automatic like playoff qualification. Oh, that'd be cool. That would be cool. Um, that'd be cool. Now, I could see like one of the better teams abuse that. Like let's say the Lakers just go all in. And then if they win, they automatically get a bid. And I think that'd be kind of – that that would suck. Mm -hmm. But I think something like that to have an incentive to make teams try would be good. I'm a fan of the midseason tournament. Now, how would they fit that in? I agree. I, don't know. I agree. I mean, to your point, it would be a March Madness type tournament, and anything single elimination, especially for basketball, that automatically gets me excited just because there's so much on the line and you have to be perfect for one game, which I think that's exciting because for me, the regular season, the more it drags on, the more interest most people lose. And I know that at least last year or the past couple of years, TV views have gone down and more people don't. They don't even watch the games on TV. They just keep up with what's going on on social media. Yeah. So I can I like the midseason tournament. Now I don't know what the prize is. But to your point with the good teams abusing it and going all in, I actually think the opposite. I think, yes, it gives the non-contenders a chance to play for something. And if it is for a playoff berth, if that is the prize, that would be cool. But to me, the top teams, like let's say the Clippers, for example... I don't think they're going to care about this midseason tournament. And another big reason that the NBA wants to do this is to maybe prevent the load management. The Clippers, in my opinion, at least they shouldn't. I don't think they're going to not load manage Kawhi for this little midseason tournament because they're going to make the playoffs regardless. That's true. That they're going true. to be in the finals anyway. This tournament's not going to make them ruin any chances of Kawhi or Paul George not being healthy come June in the finals. Right. So I don't know how serious those top teams are going to take it. Now for the non-contenders, like let's say the Wizards who have 
somehow one of the best offenses in the league, they could catch fire for about a month and win the tournament. And if it is a playoff, like a playoff berth, yeah, then that'd be cool for them. Or if it's more money or whatever it is, that's cool for the non-contenders. But even then, as a fan, in terms of drawing interest and keeping some sort of excitement during the regular season, I I do like it. I like the midseason tournament idea. Yeah, I think it's fun if there is something else they compete for. If a, a team can get another trophy, uh, something like that, because. You know, not not many teams. There's still a lot of teams that are trophyless, and I think it'd be nice to gain like momentum, have fans be excited that oh, like my team won something. Now it's not the NBA Finals, but if there was you know some type of trophy that they could have some mini parade for or some prize, I figured that would just garner interest, especially for like the small market teams. I agree. Because they agree. can win something. So yeah. I'm a fan of that one. Yeah, I like that. What do you think about the playoff play-in games? Uh, those uh, I just learned about it. You just explained it to me. Uh, I like it a lot. Now, how would that be if, let's say, the, the tournament was the birth, like a playoff birth? I don't know how that worked. But 7, 8, 9, 10, if 7 plays 8, winner automatically qualifies, and then 9, 10, 10 be out. 9 then plays the loser 7 and 8, and then get in. I like that. Again, it just gives more teams a chance to compete. So the end of the season wouldn't be as boring. Because I feel I feel like come March, April, stars rest. You know right. who's, who's locked in at 1 through 8. And teams teams just try to like finish out the year, right? And it kind of gets boring, dull basketball. Yeah. Uh, I liked it was a lot of fun watching the Wolves and the Nuggets. I think two years ago when those two were like tied at half a game. I think it came down to the last game. It the was, winner is it was in. a playing game. Yeah, and I thought that was super fun. Jokic was absurd that game. Now the Wolves won because uh, Jimmy Butler and them, but I thought that was a, a lot of fun to watch. And I, you know, that's just like an, that's like the playoffs starting early. And right. Who doesn't like playoff basketball? Yeah, going on top of everything that you just said, I agree with it. Plus, I also think that it prevents teams from tanking too hard. Yeah. Because the way it is now is if you're, let's say, you're the 10 spot in the West and you're like six games out from the 8 spot, you're probably not going to make it. You're going to tank and try to get a high draft pick. But now that with these play-in games, you have someone to play for. You still have a chance to make the playoffs if you secure that 10 spot. And they're not going to tank too hard. Yeah. Which I think that's more exciting because it it generates higher quality basketball. And as a fan, that's more fun to watch. Yeah, and people won't give up so early in the season if teams start bad. Right. Because it's like, well, okay, we're in the 10th, but we're still in the race. You still have something to play for. Yeah, you still have something to play for. And as long as someone has something to play for, they're going to give it their all. And right. I'd rather see that than teams just give up, throwing the, t- uh, throw the towel and start tanking. So basically the Knicks is what I'm trying to say. Right, yeah. Um, what about the uh, reseeding the conference finals? I love that. I did too. A lot, actually. So, to my understanding, it goes, they only want to do conference finals right now, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, they do conference finals, and so those four, they then reseed according to the regular season record. Yes. Okay. That is great. Because, I love that. I because agree. that means you can get what it, what the Western Conference finals would be. You can get that as NBA finals. Yes. Like a Lakers-Clippers NBA finals is absurd. Exactly. Even oh, going, my God. Even going back... Two years ago, I I believe it was it could have been a finals matchup of the Warriors Rockets when that series I think went seven games. Yeah, but instead you got the Warriors Cavs, which was which ass. the Cavs only won like fifty games all year, and the Warriors came in and just swept them. Yeah, the but Warriors now beat with, them one to eight. Right to your point, th- potentially this year it could be a Lakers Clippers because it looks like those are going to be the two top teams. Yeah, and as a fan, what else do you want? Yeah, that'd be great. And LeBron would be, what, 3-7 and seven in the finals? <laughs> yes. So, yeah. I like that a lot. Uh, I hope 
eventually that would spread not just conference finals, but let's just say they use the the conferences as a way to make the playoffs, and then they just reseed everybody. So then the first round, you were talking oh, about hopefully. it. Hopefully, I mean, that that's, that's going to be a long time. That's kind of a drastic change, at least at first. But I think reseeding the conference finals is a step towards reseeding the entire playoffs, all 16 teams. Yeah. You know, the first round up all the way up to the finals. But I think that, I think this is a start, and I, I absolutely love this proposal, and I really hope that at least if you have to pick any of the proposals, I do want this one to be the top one. Yeah. But out of all the proposals so far, I do like them. Now, the 78-game season one. Pointless to me. To me, that just doesn't really mean anything. Just It's three less games, okay? Yeah, for me, I think 82, yeah, to your point, I think 82 is way too much. So what's or three four, less? Yeah. yeah. What's four less games? Yeah, four less. So... That doesn't really matter to me. Yeah, I'm, I don't even know why they settled on. Is it maybe because of the playing games that they like want to cut it? Yeah, there was something probably that, something like that. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, if they want to cut it, maybe they should do something like the lockout season when it was like 2011, 2012, because yeah. that was that was like 66 games, if mm-hmm. I'm not mistaken, and that was a fun season. That was right. a, that was a really fun season. Um, so if they want to cut it down games, they gotta do more than just four. Right, but I mean, if all all three of these. Pro- uh, proposals for it to happen and makes it seventy eight games, then yeah, all the, like if so that be if it. that's a result from then those, so be it. that's yeah, fine. But if if let's just say they shoot down three of them and they keep seventy eight games, what have you really changed? There's no point. In yeah, there's at no all. point. So so if you like, so you said if you had to pick out of them all, conference. Yeah, the conference finals. Then which one? I like the playing games mm-hmm. for the playoffs. And then the tournament. And then the tournament. Yeah. I would I would put tournament second. I want to see the conference reseed. I I really like the idea of a tournament. That's cool. Just watching it, like I said, now it won't be equal, but watching, you know, the different leagues over in Europe, uh, soccer, like those are really high high class games, and mm-hmm. a lot of energy goes into those games because, like I said, it's only one. And I feel like American sports are really used to having like a drawn out series, with the exemption being March Madness and let's say the NFL playoffs. Um, so, you know, having that one game decide it all, kind of like a game seven. And, you know, everyone right. loves a game seven. Yeah, depending so. how serious those top teams take it, or depending on what the prize is, I can see that really being a huge hit if this does go through. Yeah, Adam, so they got to figure out what the what the prize would be because a playoff spot will be cool. That will benefit the non-contenders, yeah. um, not so much the top guys. I'm sure they're working on something now. Uh, I read that if they approve all this, it could be ready for 21-22. It was twenty. Is it yeah, 21-22. I think you're right. Yeah, so it, it feels like a 2K game doing like my yeah, league or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, like I was saying, the midseason tournament does sound awesome, and I don't think it's going to prevent any top teams from stopping their load management. But for sure, we'll see how it goes. But now I want to talk about a team who doesn't even have to worry about any sort of load management because they have no stars whatsoever aside from Trey Young and uh-huh. the Hawks. Man, talk to it's, me about the Hawks, man. I I talked about it. I had a little public service announcement. Last episode, my blood is boiling with this team. Watching them last night against the Wolves, it just made everything so much worse. We're 4-13. and We are tied for the second-worst record in the entire league, which coming into the league right before John Collins even got suspended, we looked like an exciting young team um, and everything. As soon as he got suspended, everything just went right down the drain. We've lost seven games in a row. Um, we've lost 10 out of our last 11 games. I don't even know where to start. There's so many things going wrong with the Hawks right now. The The rookies have been terrible. Uh-huh. DeAndre Hunter has been picking it up, and he's been a little bit better the last like four or five games. But overall, even if you look at his numbers as a number four overall pick, he hasn't 
really been that great whatsoever. I forgot y'all picked four. Yeah. Yeah, so he needs to continue what he's doing now, but overall just hasn't been that great. Cam Reddish, I mean, oh my god. I you you know me. I was high on Cam Reddish. Cam fan, baby. A lot of people are telling me, Max, how are you how are you high on him? Did you watch him in, in college? Yeah. I said, Well, he was ranked what? Like third ahead of Zion in the high school recruiting. Maybe I think maybe even ma- higher. In, man. Yeah, maybe. I think but, even higher. Right. So he 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 came into Duke. I saw a lot of potential in him. He can obviously score. He was the third option of Duke. I always thought that he was a great shooter, but looking at him now, that's obviously not the case so far. Granted, he's young, so I still have faith in him. But yeah, he's shooting twenty nine percent overall, which is just horrific. Twenty one percent from three, which is just god awful. If especially if you're considered a quote unquote shooter. Yeah. It was. It's just he has no confidence right now, and obviously has no reason to even feel confident right now because, I mean, you're playing terribly. Injuries have hurt the Hawks a little bit with Kevin Herter, who's been out for a couple weeks, and obviously the John Collins suspension. But aside from those two guys, absolutely no one has stepped up in their absences, except yeah. maybe Jabari Parker. He's been playing a little bit well. That's a, that's like one of those low key solid pickups y'all have because. I mean, I, I gave up on Jabari. Not, I don't think me only, but a lot of people gave up on Jabari like after his second ACL, and yeah. people just kind of looked at him more of like an empty stats guy. But. Yeah, yeah. The moment that we signed him for the little money that we did, I liked this signing because as long as he was healthy, like to your point, he's had like two ACL injuries. Yeah. But even when he was healthy, he was always a solid player, and I thought that the money that we got him for it was pretty much a steal as long as he's healthy, mm-hmm. which he has been. Knock on wood, but. Aside from Jabari Parker, everybody else on the roster has just been so god awful. I mean, DeAndre Bembry, I, I don't even want to, I don't even know where to start with him. Just pretty much, just pack your bags, get out of Atlanta. You provide absolutely nothing to the team, and we are just so much better off without you. And before I blow a gasket and talk too much about the Hawks, I just want to say one last thing, Vince Carter. I know you're a legend, and we all love you. I don't know what makes you think that every time you get the ball, you have to shoot it. Yeah. Every time he gets it, he shoots the ball. And it pretty much doesn't go in that much. Yeah. Well, I want to ask you, actually, what were your expectations of the Hawks coming into the season? Yours, and let's say Hawk fans, like, what did you want to see out of the team? Let's say a result. Was it like an eight seed or, or what? Okay, assuming John Collins didn't cheat and stick needles Before, in his arms. Yeah. Okay. I thought we could compete for an eight seed. Mm-hmm. I did. And as a fan, I know there's a lot of Hawks fans that I've talked to. They say that maybe this, maybe we just need to tank for one more year and try to get like another top guy. But for me, I think that our, at least I thought so, that our foundation was set coming into the year with Trey Young, John Collins, Herder, Cam Reddish, and DeAndre Hunter. Yeah. I thought that's a very, very solid foundation. And I thought that the best thing for young guys is to gain experience. And I think fighting for a playoff spot and going through at least one round of high-intensity playoff basketball, mm-hmm. that's only going to help the team moving forward. And I truly thought that we could get to that point, and those are my expectations going into the year. Yeah, but yeah, everything kind of went down after John Collins got caught for steroids. Like you said, the Herder injury sucked. Now, I know there's a kind of a debate now in between Hawks fans uh, about who won the trade. Uh, between Doncic and Trey Young, um, I I'm not a Hawks fan or nothing, but I still think that Hawks have something quality in Trey Young. Now Luke is doing his thing, which is great, 
but I still think that's a really good foundation. I think he's only going to get better. I agree. I think he's only going to get better. I don't judge my personal things. I don't judge uh, new players or rookies until like two or three years into their career because people start slow um, and go up. Other people start hot and then just bust out. So with Cam Reddish, I he just reeks talent to me. I agree. I think he wreaks talent. Now, I think he's having a hard time adjusting. Is it because he's not serious? Is it because the the team isn't well coached? Even though I think Lloyd Pierce seems like he knows what he's doing. He's a solid coach. He seems like a guy who is really good for player development, which that's what I've I've read some articles as soon as we hired him that he's really good for that. He was Sixers, right? He was Sixers. He was Sixers. Yeah. He was I Sixers. Mean, look at the Sixers. I mean, Ben Simmons and Embiid. Now, I don't know how much he played a role in there, but they seem like they did well. Um, I could. Yeah, I mean, it's disappointing. Definitely, what seven straight? Trey still, he's still doing his thing, right? Though Trey's doing his thing. Yeah, he's probably, he's averaging like twenty six or twenty seven, like nine, like nine assists, like four rebounds. He's he's, of course, he's doing his thing. He's, like I mean, somebody has to score on that team. Yeah, there's nobody else to provide any sort of scoring besides like sixteen points a game from Jabari Parker. There's way too much Alex Len going on. There's way too much DeAndre Bembry going on. He fell off. He, he was well last year. He played kind of well. He that. did play well. Now he's just got awful. Evan Turner is just a lost cause. I, there's no point in even having him on the roster. Hey, either. at least you don't have Bazemore. <laughs> I would rather have Bazemore, I think, honestly. <laughs> and that, and trust me, that's saying a lot. Like, that <laughs> I know, is saying I know, a lot. I know. Because Bazemore was public enemy number one last year. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, yeah, that's enough about the Hawks. My team is... I mean, they as of right now, they look like the worst team in the league. I think they are the worst team in the league in terms of their last 11 games. Lost 10 out of, out of the last 11. Yeah. I don't know how the Warriors have been the last 11 games. but Or the Knicks. Can't imagine. It's. I mean, we have the second worst record in the league. If, if Would you rather the Hawks not get a top pick? Would you rather they just go on and then try to get well, like at, a Wiseman, Anthony, Edwards? At this point, yes, because I think LaMelo that, Ball? I think that John... No, I don't want anything with, <laughs> with LaMelo Ball. Stop it with LaMelo Ball. Jeez. <laughs> But um, I think now with John Collins being out and just the way this season has been going, of course, I want a top pick just because we can get that top guy and then go into the season next year fresh with our complete foundation. We we need a big guy. so I'm Clean foundation, too. Yes. John. Clean. God damn, yeah. Seriously, John. John. Please, please learn. Don't cheat the game. But, um, yeah, I mean, I want, I want James Wiseman. That's, yeah. that's the top guy. Along with every other team in the league, but especially for the Hawks, because that's our biggest thing is we lack a big guy. Right. There's a lot of Damian Jones. There's a lot of Alex Len. There's too much Damian Jones and Alex Len. So that's the biggest thing that we need to uh, to work on. So that's enough about the Hawks. Like I said, I'm about to just have a heart attack talking about them more. Lubin, let's talk about your team. Oklahoma City Thunder, baby. So um, been quite the last couple months for the Thunder, for Thunder fans. Um yeah, January came around and we looked pretty good. Paul George was our MVP. Russ was playing well. Damian Lillard then had to ruin my life. And then the world was shocked when on my birthday, Paul George requested a trade and got traded. Was it on your birthday? It was right on my birthday, man. What a birthday gift. Yeah, I know. It was fantastic. <laughs> uh, you know, Jericho was in the car with me. We were coming home and I thought he was pranking me. And, you know, I went through all the Woj tweets and I saw and. Uh, I was I was stunned. I was uh, surprised. I thought they were going to give it another run because PG was injured. Russ's knees were out. They were both scheduled to get surgery. I thought we were going to run it back one more time, but uh, I guess that just wasn't the plan. However, I'm I was very pleased with what we got back because we got a war chest of picks. We got shy, and then obviously when PG got traded, 
I knew the time was ticking for Russ. So we got rid of Russ, and we got, I think, four four first-rounders for him, and we got Chris Paul. Um, not a Chris Paul guy, never been a Chris Paul guy. I'm very pleased with the way he's been. He's definitely taken on, like, this leadership role for the team. Uh, we are actually 6-10, and 10, which stuns me. It's not bad. It's not bad. It stuns me. Now, we got our first road win last night against the Warriors. We mounted this, like, I think 21-point comeback over the Warriors. Take that for what it's worth. The I know. Warriors. They're the Warriors. And not only that, there were eight guys on the team. The like, Warriors the played Warriors, eight guys? Yeah, there were eight guys. So, oh, God. Um, you know, I want to get hyped. But, hey, a dub is a dub. I'm cool with it. This season, the Thunder can't do anything to disappoint me. If they win games, awesome. That's experience. If we lose, awesome. That's just a higher pick. Gallinari, we got him from the Clippers. He's been balling out really well. I think we're gonna get a good compensation from him. I've always been a fan of Gallinari. He's been kind of underrated. Like he's a good. He's he fits today's NBA. He's really well. He's had a lot of injuries in his career, but every yeah. time he plays, he's close to at least twenty points a game. Always yeah. a always a consistent shooter. And like you said, a great fit for today's NBA. So his game is always going to evolve as long as he's healthy. So I really do like that Gallinari pickup. Yeah, he's averaging 19 points, five boards. He's shooting 44%, 40 from three, 93 from the line. Yeah, that's been his career all the time when he's healthy. So He's great. We're going to get good compensation from him. Chris Paul started kind of slow. He's picked it up. Now we know he's not the CP3 of before, but I know he, he... he doesn't want to be on the thumb. We're not a contending team anymore. Do you think he's part of your long-term plans? No. Uh, Shy, I hope not. Shy's are long-term plans. Uh, I like him a lot. The only thing I don't like is the way his jumper looks. He has like this hitch in it. But he's he's shooting he's shooting 44%. He's shooting 40 from three. 40? 40% from three. Oh, wow. I've never seen... We've never had a point guard shoot 40% from three. Oh, yeah, because so. yeah, you have Russ throwing bricks. I had, yeah, we had Russ is shooting not well from three. So it's a definitely a new sensation. Watching them is also kind of, it's just weird because ever since I was a fan, we, we would always have two superstars. And it was very dependent on ISO ball. You would have KD, we had first KD, Harden, Russ, then it was just KD, Russ, and then Ibaka decided to stretch his game out. <laughs> then it became just KD, uh, no, and then after we got rid of Ibaka, uh, KD snaked out Oklahoma City, then it was just Russ's show. And so we never really. Can I had, stop you real quick? What that that one year with Russ? How did he do? Well, yeah, he played well. He played awesome in the he, he in the first great. round. He played. He had. We'll talk about it some other time. But he played well. Now we can debate his efficiency, not, but he played well. Not very efficient. Now, now it's kind of weird. The first game against the Jazz was really funny because Chris Paul would bring up the ball, then he'd pass it to like Terrence Ferguson, and then Terrence Ferguson would catch the ball and he'd look around and he'd be like. Oh damn! There's no Russ. Like, what do I do? And so I think a lot of the guys that used to be on the team, like Stephen Adams and and Nerlens Noel and Terrence Ferguson, are also kind of getting used to the fact that there's not like a ball dominant superstar anymore. Um, now, yeah, we have more ball movement. We haven't really upped as many like team assists or hockey assists before. Stephen Adams has been he's been kind of disappointing to me. He had a couple good. His last couple games have been well, but. He seems kind of out of his element. He had a really good chemistry with Westbrook, and um, now I feel like he has to adapt to a different type of point guard style with Chris Paul, and he's going to have to adopt with, adapt with Shai. Uh, he's shooting like, I think he was shooting like 41 last time I checked. Uh, he's averaging nine points, nine rebounds. So to everyone who's saying that Russell Steen is rebounds, uh, suck on that because he, he wasn't. Kind of was. He, he kind of he, was. He, suck on that because he wasn't. To an extent, Because he, he wasn't. Because was. he wasn't. 
Um, now, Steven Adams, I'm okay with we if we keep him as like long term plans. I'm also okay if we trade him away. Uh, I think he's at this at a at an age that he can fit both. I know that some teams are looking for big guys. Um, I'm okay if we offload him. I'd be okay with it. Well, uh, yeah, he has the worst, probably a top three or four. We're paying worst. him twenty five million. That's the top three or four worst contract in yeah, the entire we're, league. Yeah, we're paying him twenty five million this year, which that's, is that's up there with John Walls and your boy Chris Pauls as well. Yeah, that's fine. So. Yeah, so I'm I'm pleased with the Thunder. Uh, we've had some close games. We played the Lakers really well. Uh, LeBron had the injure my boy Diallo with the elbow. <laughs> But they played really well. Like I said, they can't really disappoint me. Like, if we lose, that's fine. We can just get a better draft pick. Same thing that you asked me about the Hawks coming into the year. With, like, the Hawks had a new team and the, the Thunder have a new team now. Yeah. What were your expectations coming into the year? I, was, I thought we'd be, like, 4-12 and 12 or 3, you know, 3-13, and 13, something like that. We're playing better than I thought we would be. Um, I've never been really a big Billy Donovan fan at all. I actually, it's kind of sad that from that 2016 team, he's the last one standing. Yeah, it seems like he's had really good rosters constructed around him to go farther than what, farther than where they went in the playoffs. He's only gone anywhere once in the playoffs. That was his first year. Yeah, that's when we made the Western Conference Finals. Right. Every other year is my first. He's been a little. He's been pretty much underwhelming. His whole career, on yeah, Thunder, in yeah. my opinion. No, he has been underwhelming, and a lot of Thunder fans kind of blow it out of proportion and blame him for everything, which is not true because uh, a coach can only work with what he's got. And in, you can't help injuries, and you can't help if your team can't shoot well. Uh, a big gripe that I've had with Sam Presti is Sam Presti's always been uh, like a generation behind the NBA. Um, if you look at like back to 2012, uh, we lost in the finals to the Heat. A, because the Heat, you know, better team, more experienced. But that was like kind of the introduction to small ball. We were adopting the traditional one through five. Then we adopted like the small ball, and then the league moved on to three-point shooting. And for the longest time, if like if you watch Sam, if you watch us draft, if the guy's long and he has a 40-inch vertical and shoots 25% from three, that's a Thunder player written all over him. Sam Presti loves that kind of guy because he has this mentality that, oh, we can teach him to shoot, which is fine. But the we have never been a good shooting team ever. Now I feel like that's slowly starting to change, and I just wish Sam Presti would adapt adapt to the NBA more because we would always be like a generation behind, and that like did affect us a lot. So I think that's coming around. Um, how's, uh, how's the marketing intern? Darius Baisley doing? Oh God, man! I was raging so hard when we picked him. I was like, <laughs> I thought that story was so funny. Like, dude, that he was an intern. I'm like, dude, we drafted Terrence Ferguson with marketing experience. Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, what the hell, man? Yeah, but it's, it's essentially like the same two guys, Ferguson and Baisley. Yeah, run, except Baisley running around. Yeah, Baisley is just left-handed, and he, people uh, love him because he looks like Westbrook. Like a young Russ. Like, literally, he, his face looks like Russ. And so everyone's like being all nostalgic, like, oh, the next king is here. He's been solid. Uh, Ferguson, I mean, he's been what I expected he was going to be. Uh, I mean, he's having like some family problems right now, but he's been what I've expected. He's His shots coming along. The biggest impression I've had, I've been really impressed with Shy. I know the Clippers, it really hurt them to trade. Um, to trade him to us. Now we had the leverage because we. Basically traded Paul George and Kawhi because if 
you know, they didn't get Paul George, they want to get Kawhi. So that really had to go on. Right, right. We're sitting on a bunch of draft picks, uh, I think the most ever. Like in a a trade, we got the most uh, draft picks ever. So I'm interested to see what we're going to do with those. We could possibly flip them for like a trade. Maybe we just draft a bunch of prospects. Uh, I'm confident in the team, man. I'm I'm fine with whatever happens this season. You guys have a bright future, at least with all those draft picks. Everyone thought we were screwed when we traded the two guys. They're like, oh, you guys are, you know, you guys are out of here. But no, we're, well, we have a bunch I of mean, assets. You need those draft picks to hit. You have yeah. to hit on those picks. Yeah, but we're not in purgatory anymore. That's I feel true. like I mean, there's like true. a bright future with a bright young point guard. That's true. Uh, so I'm yeah. I'm not worried at all, man. Yeah, Shea does look really promising. I've always been a Gallinari fan. I think. Steven Adams, he sucks and he's overpaid. But all in all, I mean, the Thunder looked pretty good. I agree that at least my expectations looking at the Thunder, I thought they would be pretty bad as well. But they're only two games back from the eight seed. Um, yeah, I like this team a lot more now that Russ is gone. So I wonder why. Yeah, yeah. You're not a big Russ fan. Nope, not at all. But I think we're going to go ahead and take a quick break right now. Um, so when we get back, we're going to take a look at who was in their bag last night, as well as have a little fun topic and rank our top three biggest busts yeah. in the last 10 years. And we got some good ones, so stay tuned. Welcome back, guys. Right now, we're going to take a look back at last night and just see who was absolutely in their bag. Lubin, what do you got for us? All right, so the Sixers had their rematch with the Raptors, as everyone remembers last year, the Game 7. Sixers heartbreak. Well, Check out Joel Embiid came back with a vengeance. Check this out. Joel Embiid logs zero points on zero for 11 shooting. He pulled down 13 bars, though, but he was also 0 for 3 on his free throws, shot 0 for 4 on 3, had four turnovers, and almost fouled out with five fouls. I mean, he just just really stuck it to the Toronto Raptors, man. He... He couldn't stand that crying meme they had last time, and he just wanted to really pay him back with one of the best stat lines I've ever seen. So shout out Joel Embiid, man. Best center in the league. Max? Last night, Derrick Rose played the Orlando Magic. Check this out. He played 20 minutes, had a total of two points, shot 11 times, made one, and missed all four of his threes. It took him 11 shots to score just two points, and he missed every single three-pointer that he took. Nah, Zach, good shooter, man. So, just way to be in your bag, D-Rose. I'm a little bit of a loss for words. You were a huge part of that Pistons win last night, and keep that up, and you'll be an all-star in no time. Absolutely. What a guy he is. Hell of a night, Derek Rose. Mm Mm-hmm. So... Over the last 10 years, we have seen a lot of big busts come through the NBA. They've just come in and out. But something that we want to go through right now is, Lubin, I want to rank our top three biggest busts in the last 10 years. Okay. So uh, let's go ahead and start with you. Okay, I got you. So I feel like a lot of people have a consensus list of busts. I'm going to go with my own personal busts. So I'm going to go from top to bottom. So number one, I feel like a lot of people will agree with here, uh, Anthony Bennett. Uh, Anthony Bennett was a huge bust. I feel kind of bad because he uh, <clears throat> he wasn't supposed to be the number one pick from UNLV. I feel like a lot of people were shocked when that happened. But was he such a miserable player to watch, man? He could. I think he started like 0 for 20 in his career, like shooting. Yeah, it was something like that. Yeah, 0 for 20. Uh, when people did like analytics, Campbell uh, Kwame Brown blew him out the water. If Kwame Brown is blowing you out the water analytically, how bad of a player are you? Uh, so he he was he's a bust. He kind of gained some momentum back, but he just got hurt. The Rockets cut him. So I'm going to just say Anthony Bennett, I think, is the biggest bust of all time. 
Number two, in my opinion, uh, this is my personal bust. I have Mitch McGarry. Wow. You remember him, man? Yeah, I do. Listen, Mitch McGarry, who drafted him in 2014. He was the 21st pick. He was on that Michigan Wolverine squad that uh, I think made the final that year. He was a top high school player. Oh, yeah, man. He was he freaking awesome. Uh, <laughs> Mitch McGarry, for his career, averaged 4.4 points a game on 57% shooting. Um, he only played two years in the league. Uh, he couldn't stay off any drugs because he failed a bunch of drug tests. Got kicked off the Thunder. No one ever picked him up. And then now he's professionally bowling. Yikes. So what a fallback plan Mitch McGarry has. Then, number three, I got Russell Westbrook's dance partner, Cameron Payne. <laughs> so that draft, 2015, I remember we had – that was the year that we missed the playoffs due to the KD injury. And we had the fourth, uh, was yeah the fourteenth pick. We were mocked for Devin Booker. Now the Suns were ahead of us and picked Devin Booker at thirteen. So what does Sam Presti do? He looks at the second best prospect he could have gotten on that draft, and that was Cameron Payne. Man, Cameron Payne played two years for us, and the biggest thing he's notable for is being able to dance with Russell Westbrook pregame. That's it. It's the highlight of his career. That's the highlight of his career is being able to dance with him in the playoffs. Average six points a game, thirty nine percent shooting for his whole career. We shipped him to Chicago. He blew at Chicago. I think he's on the Cavs now. Still sucking massively. So those are my three busts, man. Uh, two of them personal, but you can't help but put Anthony to bed at number one, in my opinion. That's pretty tough, yeah. For me, yeah, I think anybody who were who were to rank their top busts in the last 10 years, I think is going to be consensus number one of Anthony Bennett. He was the first pick back in 2013. He had a four-year career. So I think he was done at about 23 years old. Four-year career, he was on four different teams. And he started, in four years, he started a total of four games ever. You're the number one pick in four years. You start four games in your entire NBA career. I have never heard of anything that bad. Especially. I didn't know that. That's atrocious. Especially as the number one pick. Like you said, he has a career four points per game. And the guy was just completely weeded out in the NBA, and he's no longer even a discussion to make an NBA roster. Uh, the Rockets had a, he had a little momentum with the Rockets, but once he got hurt, you're out of here, man. Yeah, so he's definitely number one for me. Number two is Hashim Thabit. Another Thunder guy, I remember. Tough. He was the second pick in 2009. He was picked before James Harden, so let that sink in. He had a five-year career. He was on four different teams in five years. This guy is, for those of you that don't know, he is seven foot three, probably about 260 pounds, and in his career he averaged two points a game and two rebounds. Two rebounds as at, a seven three. At seven foot three, averaged two rebounds in his entire NBA career. That's that's really bad. That's yeah. absurd. I've yeah. never heard of that. Yeah, the second overall Ooh. pick. So that's my second. I can average big, two rebounds. Right. Yeah, that's my second biggest bust in the last decade. And number three is um, Thomas Robinson oh, at, God. out of Kansas. He was the second pick back in 2009. or he, No, I'm sorry. He was the fifth pick in 2012. He was picked before Damian Lillard. He had a five-year career. He was on six different teams in five years. Yikes. Talk about a journey. Yikes. Man. His career, he averaged five points per game. And a little bit similar to Anthony Bennett, just not as bad. In his five-year career he started a total of 12 games perfect in five years 12 and five man as the fifth overall pick before damian lillard that is atrocious great potential man so 
those are my uh, top three biggest busts in the last decade, and I'm sure there's so many more. You got you got John Vesley, you got Jimmer Fredette, Johnny Flynn, um, Kwame Brown, Kwame Brown going back a long time ago, but that's probably one of the biggest busts of all time. Greg Oden, if you want to go back, I don't even, count him as a bust for sure. Yeah, well, a lot of pe- people do. I know I personally do, but. Yeah, that's going to be our uh, our biggest bust in the last decade. I think that's a pretty horrible list. That but is a, really tough. But a good one for this that topic. That is really, really tough. Yeah, so before we sign off, I want to give a quick shout-out to the Georgia basketball team for playing a really playing a really good game and having a tough loss against Michigan State today. They were down by like 28 points in the in the first half and led by Anthony Edwards, the stud freshman that Ant-Man, baby. for some reason decided to come to Georgia, probably because we paid him a lot of money. But he had four points in the first half, erupted for 33 in the second half, and was able to cut that 28-point deficit down to four. And just watching him, that was one of the best halves of basketball that I've ever seen from an individual player. He was making threes left and right, making so many plays. He had a sick block shot, had an insane uh, full-court pass. And overall, it was just insane. I'm upset that we weren't able to get out a win versus the number three-ranked Michigan State team. But that was an awesome game to watch. And Anthony Edwards, shout out to you. You were the reason that we even came back against Michigan State. And I really hope to see you in Atlanta soon as an Atlanta Hawk because we really, really need you for everything that we talked about previously in this episode. So thanks so much for listening, guys. We uh, hope you enjoyed it. We're going to be available, as always, on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Please leave us a rate and review us. It means a lot to us to make this the best podcast that we can. On Instagram, you can follow us at at the buzzer underscore podcast, as well as on Twitter at the buzzer underscore pod. So that being said, we'll see you guys soon. See you guys soon. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, guys. Thanks for listening. Peace.